You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. Do you find it hard to sleep at night? Then the Sleep Cove Podcast can help you. Hi, I'm Christopher Fitton, the voice and clinical hypnotherapist behind Sleep Cove. Sleep Cove features sleep hypnosis, meditations and bedtime stories, all designed to help those of you who struggle at night to achieve a restful and peaceful night's sleep. Search for Sleep Cove on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and see why Sleep Cove helps millions of people sleep deeply all night long. Do you find it hard to sleep at night? Then the Calm Cove podcast can help you sleep deeply all night long. Calm Cove has deeply relaxing meditation music and ambient sounds like ocean waves and crackling fires. All of our episodes are designed to help you relax and to fall asleep fast. Calm Cove is brought to you by the team behind Sleep Cove, the sleep podcast that consists of spoken word hypnosis, meditation and stories. So if you want to listen to a beautiful soundscape tonight, search for Calm Cove on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and see how we're helping millions of people relax and go to sleep every night. I feel like who art ed? Who art ed? Mr. Wood, art ed, me. Either way, it's ambiguous. It works on so many levels. I know. I thought it's a great start. Welcome to Who Arted, where we explore visual arts in an audio medium. I'm your host, Kyle Wood, and for this week's Fun Fact Friday, we're going to be talking about the Danish artist Jens Hanning and his piece, Take the Money and Run. Now, the backstory behind this piece is Hanning was hired to recreate two of his previous works, which used real money to show the average annual salaries of people in Denmark and Austria. Two days prior to the opening of the exhibition, the museum staff found that Hanning had given them two blank canvases instead of recreating the previous works as they had agreed upon. Because the pieces were made using actual money, the museum had loaned Hanning $84,000, or about 534,000 Danish krone, but the artist decided to keep the money. He claims the breach of contract is an artistic act creating a new conceptual art piece he calls Take the Money and Run. Now, Hearing about this as a conceptual art piece, it kind of reminds me of when I was in my first year sort of like art history survey course, and the professor was talking about Marcel Duchamp's Fountain. Um, if you're not familiar with that piece, it was uh, season two, episode one. Um, last year, I talked about Duchamp's Fountain with Jeff Arndt. And when I was in that art history course, Somebody said, like, well, if turning a toilet on its side is art, then, like, isn't anything art? And I remember my professor made a really good point that always stuck with me. He said, I'll accept that premise that it's art of just about anything. The question isn't really so much, is it art, but is it good art? And so if we're going to look at this and Hanning is going to assert that taking the money 
is an artistic act, then I think we have to look at, well, what is the potential merit of that artistic act? What's the concept that drives it? Now, the artist Hanning says he intends to keep the money. In an interview with CNN, he said, I saw from my artistic point of view that I could create a much better piece for them than what they could imagine. I don't see that I have stolen money. I have created an art piece which is maybe 10 or 100 times better than what we had planned. What is the problem? Well, even if we just break apart what he said there, he admits that they had they had set a plan. There was an agreement ahead of time. There was a contract involved, and essentially, he has violated the terms of that contract. He was hired and commissioned to create a specific piece, or rather to recreate two specific pieces, and he chose instead to substitute a different one. In a retail context, this sort of action would be referred to as like bait and switch, basically. It is a type of fraud. Of course, the art world seems to play by its own set of rules, and the museum seems to be kind of laughing this off. They find this to be a little bit of a funny conceptual piece, questioning the value of artistic work and all of that. And I'm sure, you know, it helps them to keep a good attitude about it as they are generating headlines around the world and drawing all sorts of crowds to come in and see the blank canvases. But also, at the end of the day, they're asserting that they are expecting the money to be returned. They anticipated loaning Hanning the $84,000 for the duration of the exhibit, and as per the contract, it was to be returned in January. So at the moment, they're not really out any money. The money was out for loan during the exhibition, and as long as they get it back at the end— they don't seem to be too concerned that the specific piece they have for display is different from what they envisioned in the beginning. Still, I do keep coming back to what is the concept driving this, and Hanning says really this all comes down to a contract dispute. It sounds like they gave him the money for the works, um, they gave him the money that was necessary in terms of the display of cash, and they had agreed to pay him um, about fifteen or sixteen hundred dollars for his work, as well as cover the costs for like framing and delivery. But Hanning says that he would have lost money on the deal because of the fact that he still had, you know, studio costs and staff salaries and things like that. And so in his framing, this conceptual piece is largely about an artist's standing up for for themselves and workers standing up for themselves and demanding fair compensation for their labor. For me, all of this falls apart because of the fact that he didn't perform the labor he was hired to perform, and yet he took the money. He's not demanding fair compensation for his work. He's stealing money. He is demanding and expecting and feeling entitled to keep tens of thousands of dollars in exchange for essentially a new piece that he feels someone else should buy. He's not giving them the option to buy it. He's sort of forcing it upon them. 
And I think it's also worth remembering, he's not sticking it to an elite institution in the way that I think a lot of people would like to think of this, because it's a publicly funded museum. As the museum director says, it's not my money. It's public money. Ultimately, for me, this piece falls flat because it's it's kind of muddy in the concepts that he's getting at. I think he's seeing this as almost like a Robin Hood type of act, but really he's stealing from his friends and neighbors. And conceptual pieces about the art world, questioning the value of art, even blank works are nothing new. I've already done previous Fun Fact Friday episodes about Erase de Kooning, Comedian, the banana duct taped to the wall. I mean, this is essentially like the Emperor's New Clothes kind of thing. Or I would say a really strong parallel, although not from the quote-unquote fine art world. This is essentially the premise of Blink-182's rock show music video. They took a $500,000 advance from the record company and basically... For their music video, they filmed themselves doing everything they could to waste that money. They bought a car and smashed it. They threw money out the window for passersby. And I would argue that was probably a stronger version of this type of nihilistic conceptual art. But at the end of the day, while I would consider this to be a ridiculous stunt and kind of cringeworthy, bad conceptual art. It does seem to be a successful piece garnering headlines around the world. It is elevating the stature of both Hanning and the museum. And I'm sure both Hanning and the museum are happy to take the money and run. This concludes this week's episode of Who Arted? If you found this tolerable, please like and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening. You can find images of the work being discussed this week and every week in the show notes on Twitter at WoodArtEd and on the website whoartedpodcast.com. Podcast done.